0: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: Vin Scully, what a life in full this man led.
0: There's 29,000 people in the ballpark and
2: a million butterflies. This is such a masterpiece. It's the radio call of Sandy Koufax's
1: perfect game. Bob Costas here on the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Today's guest, voice of Thursday Night Football, Al Michaels, Iowa head coach, Kirk Ferentz, actor Theo Rossi, NFL Network insider, Tom Pelissero, host of USC Fight Passes, The Nosebleeds, Randy and Jason Sklar. And now... It's Rich
1: Eisen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Hello. My name's Rich Eisen. Thank you for consuming this program on Peacock Sirius XM 85 terrestrial radio network coast to coast of the Rich Eisen Show. Our podcast listeners, hello to you because you listen to this show whenever you want. And we appreciate you hitting that uh, subscribe button to our podcast that comes to you every single day. Hit that RSS feed for us. We say hello to everybody maybe listening on the Odyssey app. And then there's the YouTube stream for everybody, uh, our YouTube page, pardon me, youtube.com slash Show for everything that you uh, might miss. And there's a lot to potentially miss on this program. We have multiple in-studio guests. We have six guests. We're six wine today. Woo-woo. Yeah, we got six personnel here on this program. Uh, first up's Al Michaels, because I wanted to speak to him about the passing of Vince Scully. Um, and so we had Bob Costas on yesterday and Al Michaels today. And that's how we are rolling on that front. Kirk Ferentz will join us. Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes head coach will join us on this program right here in the heart of Big Ten country in Los Angeles, California. wonder what he thinks of uh, L.A. now being part of Big Ten country. <laughs> Um, We've got the actor Theo Rossi. So many of you might remember him as Juice from Sons of Anarchy. He's now in a new movie called Emily the Criminal. He's from my hometown of Staten Island, New York. He'll be on the program. And uh, Tom Pelissero will join us from training camps wherever he may be across the country talking about some top story news we'll get to in a second. The Sklar brothers will be there. They're rebooting their fantastic show, The Cheap Seats, from... Their ESPN classic days when I used to be an ESPNer. It's now called the Nosebleeds. It's part of UFC Fight Pass. They will be here in studio. Uh, that's how we're rolling. Chris Brockman, good to see you. Are you Hello. are, sir. Hello. <laughs> what's going on? I had no idea Richard Kind had shown up. Uh, how are you, DJ Mikey D? Isn't D's
2: nuts? I'm
3: doing very uh, well, Richard. TJ Jefferson order. has lit the candle.
2: How are yes. you, sir? I mean, if we're doing impressions, you've got to uh, warn me for this, but that's up, okay. Guys? No, we're not.
3: I didn't expect <laughs> oh, <my> that one <laughs> right. either. We were
1: somehow, for some reason, talking about Richard Kind before the program. But at any rate, uh, here we are. Here we are. I said when Deshaun Watson's suspension was handed down by Sue L. Robinson, the independent judge chosen by the Players Association and the NFL to rule on this matter as part of the new collective bargaining agreement as hammered out in 2020, the the way of discipline being handed out, player conduct policy violations in the NFL. She ruled six-game suspension because of the precedents that had been set in previous years, for non-violent sexual assault behavior. And again, Deshaun Watson also not criminally charged for this behavior, as we all know. Everybody knows the story. I'm just kind of laying the groundwork for you, because in case you might not know, the National Football League, in the collective bargaining agreement agreed to by the union in 2020 and passed, allows for the independent judge's ruling to be appealed by the NFL to the NFL
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's either the commissioner can hear the case himself or his designee and the league had 3 business days to hammer this thing out and they did it in 2 business days they're appealing and to that I say good uh, I I don't believe six games was nearly enough. And the reason why Deshaun Watson got six games is because of precedence. And even though the judge said this is without precedence and agreed that Watson had met the NFL and the collective bargaining agreement's definition of what he did in terms of sexual nature. And they they if you read Sue L Robinson's opinion, it seems like she's about to throw the book at him. And the league wanted a full year. And according to Charles Robinson, no relation to Sue L, I imagine, of Yahoo, the judge told the NFL and the Players Association in the room in front of everyone during this process that the league was not going to get what they're looking for a year suspension open-ended where Watson needs to meet certain benchmarks in order to be reinstated. And so that made perfect sense of everything else that had come out, that the players association was not going to come to a um, settlement with the league before the ruling. And then if you remember, there was a, Uh, a statement the Players Association put out the night before the ruling was reportedly coming saying we're going to abide by this decision no matter what and we think the league should too even though they have a collectively bargained right to not live by the decision. I guess they, they knew already the league wasn't getting the full year so we'll abide by the decision. We know it's not a full year. At least that makes sense. And it also made sense for the Players Association to sell, tell Sewell Robinson about precedence. And also the fact that owners of the National Football League have run afoul of personal conduct. And uh, they didn't get the hammer thrown down on them. To all that, I say again, what Deshaun Watson did, and him, apparently, according to the reports, I would really want to hear from him again, and I guess we will at some point, You know, the Browns say he's remorseful. And then you see all the reporting coming out of Watson Camp saying he didn't do anything wrong. And Sue Robinson even said, you did all of this wrong and you don't have any remorse. And that's part of the reason why I'm giving you the six games, which is kind of double what precedent says I should do to you. And again, there are people with purchasing power for this business that thinks six games and no fine when he also has a contract that only puts one million of his 46 up for being hit by the NFL due to a suspension in lost wages. That something had to be done. And the league is doing it. And I have no idea what's going to come of it. And again, Charles Robinson of Yahoo is saying today that there are two Options the league is offering to Watson. One is a full year. Did you read this article? I don't know if you read this, Chris, today, but I read it this morning. The full year option? It's a full year, and his contract would toll. What does that mean? It means that his five-year contract extension would not begin until 2023, meaning he's one-year... Further away from having another contract negotiation, obviously teams can rip up deals, but I don't know why he'd want to have this deal ripped up because it's the best deal in the history of deals. It's all fully guaranteed. but Watson would have to sit out the year and he would have to have his contract told, and he would have to seek counseling for all of the things that if you read anything about what Watson did in the New York Times in any of these lawsuits I, I think he does need to sit down and talk to somebody about all this and there would be no further fine the other one is a 12 year uh, 12 game pardon me suspension and a hefty fine a significant fine one in which according to Robinson would be to take the money away from him that he earned last year just sitting around with the Texans. So last year would be a de facto suspension of Watson, even though he willingly said, I don't want to play. And then on top of it would be another year suspension, 12 games. I don't know which one he would want to choose. Both require him to have counseling and the contract wouldn't toll because obviously he would play massive fine 12 game suspension no tolling and no need to apply for reinstatement or your suspension contract tolls no fine Jeez, that's apparently what the league is offering to deshaun watson right now and they could basically say do what you want we're going to sue you anyway and then who in the whole knows what happens right there mike florio says that Uh, Watson would be in a very difficult position to win that. So, that's what's up on that front. And the league is basically saying, you know, say what you will about this process, but, and you can say that we're making it a sham because we're not accepting the ruling of the independent judge and we are going to appeal it, to ourselves, because it's the commissioner's choice to either hear the case himself, and Tom Palisaro is joining us in hour three. Uh, our colleague, Ian Rappaport, saying the commissioner will not hear it himself, and as a matter of fact, he will hire an arbitrator that's outside of the NFL. Okay? I think that's because, a good move. Because the, because the NFL believes on its merits, on its merits— that what Sue L. Robinson said Watson did and the fact that Robinson was so strident in putting it out there, the league is like, she, she knows this is worth this long of a suspension, but our previous iterations mandated her to not give us the full year. And she basically told them at the outset so, the league has had almost a month to prepare for this moment. If I'm Watson, I'll take the 12 games. Give me the 12 games. I don't want my contract tolling. I'm going to make an insane amount of money. It's all guaranteed. I'll take the 12 games with a massive fine. I don't need to apply for reinstatement either. I'm back. I'd be back 12 games. Cleveland, do they have a late bye? They don't. It's right in the middle of the season. So he would be back week 13. Oh, my gosh, at Houston. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, to Sean. Yeah. And then you you could play this year. Be there for your team. Get it over with.
0: Yeah, Rich, 12 games, he'd be back for Cincinnati. Is that what it would be? Yeah, it's games. games, not weeks. Probably. Okay, so it would
1: be eight weeks, then a bye, and then, yeah. Eight games, and then four more. He would miss the game at Houston. Yeah. Even better for so him. He'd
0: be back for a stretch run, maybe playoffs. Cincinnati, Baltimore, playoff New Orleans, run.
1: Washington, yeah. Pittsburgh. He'd be back for three division games. Yeah. yeah, man. If I'm him, pay the money. Obviously, it's not mine. But if it's $10 bucks, I guess, of whatever he was making last year in Houston— That's it. Stroke the check. Be done with it. You're back for your team this year. Or what do you, roll the dice and say, I'll win in court? But as you know, he's all about, the league would, the one thing that I didn't see in this story, and I'll I'll just wrap with this here. Either way, the league would 100% make him admit something was up. express remorse significant accept responsibility for what happened again I know he has many supporters in Cleveland and I know many people are coming after me for talking in this strident matter about him thinking that I am also not nearly as strident about the NFL owners and other foibles of the front office this is a totally different story folks Just read all the details. Read it. Do yourself a favor and read it. And then you tell me it's not worth the NFL to up Sue Robinson's discipline. Because it's worth it for a lot of people. And for Watson to say there's, he did nothing wrong in his camp to say he did nothing wrong? Really? Come on. I wasn't born on August 3rd, 2022.
0: Which would have been interesting. It would have been. You're, you and your wife, same birthday.
1: Well, I mean, I also.
0: You'd be a day old.
1: I would. I'm not drinking uh, some java here. <laughs> Let's take a break. Boy, do we have a lot to get to. And I'd love to get to your phone calls as well. Uh, Once again, Tom Pelissaro, top of hour number three, will join us in advance of the Sklar brothers coming out here, having some fun. And then Kirk Ferentz of Iowa football joins us in advance of the actor Theo Rossi. Of the new film, Emily the Criminal, and so many know him from Luke Cage and Sons of Anarchy and more. He'll be here in studio hour number two, but when we come back, the great one and only Albino himself, Al Michaels on the passing of Vince Gully. next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year people, spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning, or at least from over two thousand seven hundred brands and retailers, and right now Ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E I S E N. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH-NUMBER-TO-DOLL. to dial. we will take your phone calls in a moment, but I want to get to the phone call of this man who I adore, and it is something that I cherish to be able to call him a friend, having uh, met him a a, a while ago, and I figured let's get him on today after we had Bob Costas on yesterday to talk about Vince Scully and his passing. He is the voice of soon-to-be Thursday Night Football on Amazon, and also... Just uh, the man on the Mercedes Benz Vance phone line, the great Al Michaels. How you doing, Al?
3: I'm fine. How are you doing, Rich? What's
1: I'm hanging. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'll give you the floor I, I, uh, on your friend Vinny. I've always heard you refer to him that way. Um, I'll give you the floor on uh, on his legacy in passing,
3: Al. Well, I would say he was probably as influential as anybody in my life in terms of you know what happened with me and my career because. It all started as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, and we could actually walk to Ebbets Field. And the first thing I ever remember in life is my father taking me to a Dodger game. On a weekend afternoon, we walked over to uh, Ebbets Field, and I was enthralled just walking into the place with, you know, how beautiful it was and how green the grass was and the signage on the outfield walls. And at one point during the game, my father pointed to what was the broadcast booth, and it was an open-air broadcast booth at that point in the uh, the front of the upper deck, and uh, Vinny was there with Red Barber, uh, a classic announcer, and then a guy named Connie Desmond, who was also very good. And I looked at them, and I thought, uh, I think the first kind of conscious thought I had was, I want to be here every day. I just want to come here every day uh, and somehow get in for free. And, of course, the thought about at that point maybe, you know, you're going to get paid. This is going to be your job. So that's the first thing that I can recall. And Vinny, of course, had to be in his maybe first or second year as an announcer. And then growing up in Brooklyn and going to the games and listening to the games and falling in love with, you know, with Barbara and and, and Vinny and listening uh, to every game, uh, I was destroyed when the Dodgers then left Brooklyn. But ironically, my father got transferred in his work. In 1958 to Los Angeles. Hmm. So I didn't miss a beat. I heard Vinny's entire career <laughs> from the time I was a child until uh, the very end, of course, when uh, he ended it in 2016. I was beyond honored to ask to, uh, at Dodger Stadium, to introduce Vinny and a lot of the Dodger greats who had come uh, to celebrate the uh, beginning of Vinny's final season. We, uh, you know, I first met him in Hawaii when I called his hotel room. <laughs> And I was, was starting my career, and I knew he was on vacation at the Kahala Hilton. Come on. Like, Hold, I, on, a you know, yeah. oh, Hold on a second. Hold on a
1: second, Al, because I was going to ask you that. Like, when you first met him, what? You you knew he was on vacation, so you called well, his yeah, room?
3: We were, Yeah, you we know, were in Honolulu, and somehow word had come down. To, you know, you, you kind of knew everybody who, who was coming to town at that point. Sure. So was, you know, 68, 69, or 70. And I very nervously <laughs> picked up the phone and, you know, called the hotel room and, Introduced myself and I said, uh, I, I know you're on vacation, but is there any chance I can bring a cameraman over and, and, and do a short interview with you for uh, for the sports on uh, Channel 4 in, in uh, Hawaii at that time? And ironically, I'll just throw this in parenthetically, Chuck Henry was the news anchor. <laughs> so Chuck, who's now on Channel 4 here, yes. Chuck and I go all the way back to that time. Anyway, he couldn't have been more gracious. We I went out there and very you know, nervously interviewed him. Uh, I was I was giddy, and uh, I got a you know four- or five-minute interview with Vinny, and then I next saw him when I got the Reds job. I'm doing Cincinnati in 1971, and one of the great thrills for me, Rich, was when he asked me to be a guest when the Reds went to L.A. that year on one of our trips uh, to be a guest on Dodger warm-up, his pregame show, which I, of course, have listened to a thousand times. Mm. And uh, here I am being interviewed by Vince Scully. So through the years, Obviously, we developed a great friendship. Uh, we belonged, you know, to the same golf club. Um, you know, I had many, many meals with him through the years, and talked to him so often. And you know, and down the stretch of, of his career and 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 his life, you know, we would talk uh, a lot on the phone. He and he was, you know, extremely complimentary. You know, I would do a football game, and he'd call me, and he'd say, "Oh, I just loved watching the game, and you were great." And it, you know, it, ne- it never ceased to thrill me to hear Vinny on the other end of the phone and of course it's one of those things right now where I have about four voicemails on on my machine from from Vinny and and they will never be erased so in terms of you know being my idol which he was and and helping me you know become but you know what I've become in terms of of a broadcaster learning so much from his style his rhythm and um most of all I think Rich's naturalness he had just a, a natural way of, of broadcasting the games. And, and, you know, there's been very few f- figures as beloved as Vinny as uh, you can uh, uh, well tell from all of the uh, testimonials that we've heard and read over the last two days.
1: The brilliant Al Michaels here on the Rich Eisen Show a couple days after the passing of his friend and colleague, the iconic Vin Scully. So, Al, you're the perfect person to ask, what made him so good at what he did
3: a lot of things. Uh, I go back to that naturalness. He didn't sound like a guy playing announcer. He, he he was he was your friend, and he was narrating the game for you. And he did it in such an eloquent and and uh, fantastic way. He also taught you the game. I mean, I learned more baseball from Vinny, as did you know probably millions of listeners through three or four generations. I learned as much from him as from anybody. He taught you strategy. He taught you about the players. He taught you about the history of the game, and he was able to weave this in. And of course, everybody's talking about what a great storyteller he was. Of course, he was. But in addition to that, uh, his play-by-play was fantastic. Just his way of describing the game, and you know, it was he his uh, and the sound of his voice and. And just the rhythm of his voice and and how he did things, it was comfortable, and that's what you know what you you strive to be what you know all of us in this business are hoping to be you don't want to you don't want to be an annoyance you don't want to be cacophonous, you don't want people to say "Get the hell out of here then he you know was welcomed in to millions of homes you know over sixty seven years and you know i mean it would be you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who truly felt that, 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 that you know, Vinny wasn't an announcer that you would really love to hear. Um, and he brought, I mean, he brought so many things to the game. I mean, he was so obviously well-prepared, but the fact that I think, Rich, also that he could take, he could take a run-of-the-mill game, uh, an average game, and God knows he did, you know, thousands and thousands of games, and there were a bunch of those. He could take that game and turn it into a, a great listen, a great broadcast, and then he could take a great game, and turn it into an iconic broadcast. And in 67 years, I mean, as as they say in sports, he brought it every night. Well,
1: and and what he did, and it's what you do, Al, and Bob Costas on yesterday's show actually pointed that out, mentioning you having the ability to, and it sounds so simple, it sounds so simple, but it's not. Um, and that's what I think he was terrific at, and you are as well, is that you take the the nuanced and difficult and make it seem natural and simple um, that he used his voice, the inflection of his voice and the rising of his voice in describing the action. So the action... Um, a, a shocking moment. I mean, the perfect example was Buckner, you know, it's by the bag and right. it gets by Buckner. Here comes night and the Mets win it. How simple is that? I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And then you hear the crowd and then he would let the crowd tell the story and then come in with a line um, and come in with a line, you know, the, the impossibles and a year of where, you know, the, the improper, improb- right. You, you, you know, the, all of the iconic lines, he would just come in um, a madhouse at candlestick. Right. It, 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 unbelievable how he would do those sorts of things.
3: Al. Well, he and I, you know, we actually talked about what you're talking about right now, about you know how you get to you – know, how, you, how, you, how you put a coda on something. And, you know, you brought up that line. I mean, the, the, his line after Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988, I mean, he's not supposed to play. I'll the play as a pinch hitter. You know, I'm sure Tommy sort is hoping he can maybe draw a walk and send a pinch runner in, and then he hits a home run and to win the game, which was just astonishing. And and you know, Vinny's call was perfect, of course. And as you say, he let the crowd roar for just a second, and then per- he put the, the the perfect exclamation point on it. In the year, of course, that was a crazy year for the Dodgers. You had Hershiser with that long streak. Uh, Scoreless innings and a lot of other crazy stuff that went on, and he and he said, you know, in in the year in in the year that's been so improbable, the impossible has happened. I mean, that summed it up perfectly. That's 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 the greatest, as I say, coda maybe I've ever heard. It was just fantastic. So he had the ability to and in our, I remember having a couple of conversations with Vinny over the years. A lot of it is, you 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 got to let it come from your heart in a way you're seeing something but then it's got to be you know what you feel it's it's um, it's, it's in your your bones uh, and i think you know he was very fortunate and i've been unbelievably lucky to in certain moments you know when you can really screw it up <laughs> instead you you, you kind of make it you know iconic in a way and vinny had so many of those the cofax Perfect game. Gibson's home run. The Dodgers winning the World Series in 1955. There was just a simplicity to it, but also an elegance. And a lot of it comes from, from you, from, from, from what you're seeing, what your eyes are seeing, and how it's being you know, t- transmitted to your heart and then out of your mouth. And um, <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of, there's an element of luck involved in it. But, again, it, it's a lot about the humanity of a person. And what he sees. And, you know, Vinny was able to, to sum it up because he, he, you know, he read the room. He read the room as well as anybody in the history of the business.
1: Al Michaels here. A couple more minutes left with him uh, on the Rich Eisen show. So, I mean, we've been cycling through some photographs while you've been talking. And there's one where you're on the stage. Looks like it's Bob Miller uh, up there mm-hmm. as well. Vin's winning an award. There's Costas, Steve Sachs, Brent Musburger. Up on uh, up on the stage, right there. Um, right. What what? And I know you probably did a lot of these dinners. There was one honoring you, uh, actually, as a, a broadcaster. I was there uh, at the Southern mm-hmm. Cal. It was an award here in Southern California, um, and Vin was there for you. What was a, what was it like for you? I've never asked you this. So I might as well ask you here in front of everybody. What's it like to just you and Vin Scully just chit chat? You know, what was that
3: like? Well, I mean, when I got that honor from, I think it was Southern California. Broadcasters Association, the right. man who, who put it together said, You know, what would you think about a dais? And I wanted you there and I wanted, you know, my son there and Bob Miller. And then he said, uh, What about Vinny? I said, Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> but I, I can't ask Vinny to do I, I just can't. Right. I can't do this. And then he called me back and he said, Vinny's coming. Oh, I mean, that was just, <clears throat> that was too much for me because that was like, I mean, you grow up with somebody. Uh, he helps you form what you are, you know. Certainly, vocationally, obviously, and and then all, all of a sudden he's gonna he's gonna come over and 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 say a few words. And he was, and you remember he was so eloquent that that day as he always was. But that was uh, that was a thrill. I mean, look, every time I was with Vinny, it's like when you you know you if you're a musician and and you grow up idolizing a pianist or a singer. And, and, uh, or an artist, and, uh, you're, you know, a kid and you love art, and then you get into that world, and then that person, that person acknowledges you. It, it never, it never ceased to thrill me. Uh, it was, it was just fantastic when, you know, Vin, when Vinnie came that day when I was asked to do certain things, you know, again, that emceeing that, uh, that final, uh, opening day at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of the great thrills of my life to, have anything to do with with any?
1: Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to recollect your friend and uh, and mentor and idol. And um, I love it, Al. I love hearing you talk about this sort of thing um, because you are that for so many people, including me. Um, and it's uh, it's uh, something I cherish when you come on here. And you're going to have to come in here in studio, Al. I'm going to insist before you yes. begin before you begin uh, the 2022 season on Amazon and beyond. Let's do it.
3: It is. It's, it's coming. It's the train coming out of the tunnel. I'll be down there very shortly. Very
1: good, you Al. Got it, Rich. You got You'd be well. You'd be well. The great Al Michaels right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Love that guy. Love him. <clears throat> Just to go a little bit deeper here, I mean, to hear Al talk about how, you know, I, <laughs> he's Al Michaels, right? He's been doing this forever and he's being honored by this uh, this group the, uh, Pacific Pioneers broadcasters, there they are right there and he's like I'm not even going to ask Vin and he does and in the same way that he revered um, Vin for what he do- did as a broadcaster but just you know he grew up listening and watching him, I feel the same way about Al Michaels and when he asks me to be on a dais if you don't mind putting that photograph up one more time and that's his son Steve in the middle. And this is June 16th, 2017, oh, in the wow. old Sportsman's Lodge where I take my children to go to see High Ho uh, eat High Ho burger every now and then. Um, and there is uh, there's Al next to Bob Miller, there's his son Steve, and Vin to my right.
0: That's a great. Photo.
1: <laughs> and I'm like yeah, a great like photo. what's going on here? Great photo. You know, I, I I I I was just blown away that Al wanted me on the dais and I feel the same way about him how lucky I am that the guy who I, my basement in Staten Island, watching the Miracle on Ice, you know, trying to stay off of the radio so I didn't have the results spoiled, that guy is now saying, hey, would you like to be on a dais? And and so I went on the dais and yeah, I snapped a pic of Vin while he was talking. (laughs) (laughs) I might be creepy. But I'm, I'm sitting there, and there's Vin Scully, just the whole audience. There were about 150, 200 people in the luncheon in, in that room there. I'm like, my God, I'm listening to Vin talk, and this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, and then, by the way, I noticed while sitting on the dais, there was somebody who was very familiar sitting in the crowd, and uh, it was the actor Jamie Farr. There he is. I took a selfie with him. <laughs> Corporal Klinger. I have no idea why Jamie Farr was there. Don't ask me. Don't <laughs> know. There he is. Big sports fan. I mean, clearly clearly here it is Jamie Farr one of the uh the many actors on a show that still is on the list of the top 20 most watched television shows finale of all time the finale of MASH I think still sits in it it gets knocked down a peg every Every Super Bowl. Bowl every time the Super Bowl yeah is televised. It knocks the finale of MASH down one peg.
0: MASH is now ninth all time. There you yeah, go. It's the MASH finale. It's gonna drop Nine. out of the tenth in a couple of years.
2: Yeah. It's drop out of the top. Couple ten. And yeah, a Couple football, more football seasons, and MASH will be out of MASH's the top out ten. Of the top ten.
1: But I'll always have that photograph of me with Jamie Farr on the same day, whereas a photograph of me Cole standing next to Vin. I mean, yeah, man. It's like living in Southern California. <laughs> you yeah. never know.
2: You never exactly.
1: Uh, let's go to Lonnie in Los Angeles right here, and then we'll take a break. How you been,
0: Lonnie? Uh-oh. We lost him.
1: Did oh, you no. do that?
2: No. My hand was in the air. How can I do that? I, I picked him up, and he dropped. Uh-oh. He might, he might have. He'll
0: call back. Yeah, he'll All right, so back. let's
1: take a break, and we'll I take phone call calls back. on the other side. Plus, I need help from you guys. Oh. I need uh, help. Help? I'm going I'm to talk something out, okay. because uh, in advance of Kirk Ferentz of Iowa football joining us, I'm heading to Big Ten country. You might say Los Angeles is Big Ten country. It is. I'm going to Ohio. As you know, I'm going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Jacket Dinner's tomorrow night. Oh, Oh, man. And plans need to be hatched. That's coming up next on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Callaway Chrome Soft golf balls. I was going to give you a whole box of it, but now the way you're talking about my, I wouldn't. My wife, my wife, my family, my family. A family. My family. Actually, Chrome Soft has a family of
2: golf balls That's that you're going to love. That ties responsible
1: for the life for three no. lives on wow. this no, planet. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Regular Chrome Soft is designed for the widest range of golfers out there. That's what I use. Let me tell you about these Chrome Soft golf balls. If you want to put the ball in the hole and you want to make sure that you have a certain type of game that the ball actually enhances, this is what Chrome Soft can do for you. It has exactly done what Callaway set out to do, which is ensure the highest quality of golf balls, the most consistent, fastest golf balls possible, if you have a certain game, like Chrome Soft, I use it. It's for the widest range of players. If you're a little bit more advanced, there's a Chrome Soft X. If you want tour-level short game control, the Chrome Soft XLS it gives you a lower-spin golf ball, longer shots, firmer feel. When you add it all up, it's so simple, because Chrome Soft is not only better for the best, it's better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com chromesoft Chrome Soft. Let's go to Derek right here in Los Angeles. What's up, Derek?
2: Hey, good morning, Rich. How you doing today? What's on
1: your mind, sir?
2: Well, I was just curious what your thoughts were about uh you know, it's big uh, front page news in the NFL about how Brady talked to Stephen Raw. Right. Down in uh, about coming down to Miami. But nobody seems to have any any interest in the story about how Stafford and McVeigh met up in Cabo. They sat down and had drinks, discussed shop, and then in that same off season that trade was made from for Stafford to come from Detroit to LA. Well, a timeline,
1: Derek, 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 the timeline is that he went into the Lions owner and said, I'd like out, you know, and that he and his wife, um, had a major, uh, major, major sit down confab in the Stafford household to say, we, we, we are going to leave the only spot we've known professionally, um, as a couple. And, That's the story because also it's not just him saying, I want to go to Los Angeles. It was the Lions um, getting a deal for Jared Goff. I mean, again, it's not just like what Brady did, which is I'm going to be a free agent. I get to go wherever I want to go. I think it's two different uh, stories. Thanks for the call, Derek. The the issue with uh, Stafford, though, he's not throwing in camp. He's not the quarterback for team drills right now. And McVeigh is saying that's just, you know, part of our plan. We're going to get him through this training camp. Maybe rest is, him for a couple weeks and see how his elbow feels. Yeah, they're ramping back. Yes. Like, they he were not call it
0: setback. Right. They were supposed to be kind of ramping up because he hasn't thrown, like, this whole offseason. Correct. And he got another injection in his elbow and is ramping backwards. This is something
1: we need to keep an eye on. Something to monitor. And, and um, you know much no doubt being made of McVay's comments, which is not a setback. It's part of a plan. Right. This is our plan. Well, the plan definitely was to have him throwing by now, and McVay knows that too. Yeah. But he's not going to sit here and go, oh my God, we're, we're aft, we're, we're,
0: we're panicked. So he's not going to play this whole preseason, right? I would imagine not. Why would he? Why would he? It's tough, though, for your first game action to be week one, Thursday night, Buffalo. He's ramping Buffalo. back now.
1: He's ramping back now but i think you're fine i think he'll be fine and that, uh enough to throw the cup like he's on the same page as the guy i don't i don't think obviously you want the reps you want to get in there and you want your quarterback throwing but that's something what? that is 100% something to keep an eye on
0: when you got a new weapon like Allen Robinson you need to get on the same
1: page it's 100% something that everybody's got to keep an eye on right now so after today's show, uh, gents, I'm uh, heading to Los Angeles International Airport.
2: Wheels hey. up. Hey. By tonight, I'll be in Canton, Ohio. Private? Huh? Private? No. Oh, because <laughs> normally when people say wheels up, that just, I just assume. No, I just, no. That's a connotation. No, no, no I, 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 I know those people very well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Kenny Dichter and his group, wonderful people, great people. He loves making fun of my Uber rating more than most people.
2: (laughs) Does he really? (laughs) Oh, he does. The Will's Uh, Up guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
1: So, at any rate, I will be in Canton, Ohio tonight. 1A? 2A. Oh, (laughs) 2A. And I'm checking a bag.
3: (laughs) Whoa. Because I'm going elsewhere afterwards.
0: afterwards.
1: So, be that as it may, that's not why I'm bringing this up. It is one of my honors of my life and professional career. To host the Jacket Dinner in Canton, Ohio. Every enshrinee in the Pro Football Hall of Fame receives three physical items for achieving football immortality. They get a Hall of Fame ring, which is presented to them last, they get it at the stadium during the season when they are honored at halftime by the team that they're most closely associated with. There's the the bust, as we all know, which is revealed prior to their speech. That's when it's truly cemented. But the first item they receive that causes the recipient to have it dawn upon him that this is actually happening is the jacket and it's slipped on the enshrinee by a presenter or a member of their family. And it is truly one of the more emotional moments that you can have. And it's a treasure. It's totally amazing. You've been at this ceremony House before. Many times. And there's nothing like it because all the returning Hall of Famers are announced first. And they form a gauntlet through which the enshrinee walks to get to the stage. I'm getting goosebumps just even talking about it at which... They then receive the jacket, slipped on them, and they have the jacket, and they go to the event the next day with the jacket, and then they get the bust. I've been doing this for a long time. And when I go to Ohio, shock the world, I kind of hear from uh, local Ohioans (laughs) about the school up north. That they refuse to name Michigan they won't even say the letter M. They won't spell it. The the, the red, red X. Yeah. You know, I get yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. And you might imagine, through the Urban Meyer years, mm. I heard a lot. Heard a lot. Heard a lot with Ryan Day's first uh, cracks at it as well.
0: He's been good. It's
1: been a while since I've hosted this dinner coming off a Michigan Wolverine win. Tomorrow night... That long-ass drought comes to a stirring conclusion. Gents, I plan to be dragged off that stage tomorrow night.
3: (laughs) They may actually do that.
1: Heads up, Canton. I'm coming to town. You tell me, unless you're telling me to back off a little bit. I'm not
0: going to tell you to do that. That's because, my, look, that's what I want to ask no, you guys for because advice. Because here's the deal Rich, here's the deal. Yes, you Chris. have been kind of uh, bold and, and and um very timely with your cracks in the past yes. when you hadn't won Bupkis. Nothing. Nothing. I would sneak I would sneak in just one little You would sneak in and here and there. You yes. know what I mean? Like Hey, guys, that's the number four. It comes between three and five.
1: For you Ohio State graduates. Right, you yes. would just kind of, bent. Yeah. real quick, Jeff. Like, like blow a little dart. Hits him in the neck that didn't see but it But now...
0: Oh. Now, off off of last fall, and then we we saw how you acted for all of December. I've been writing checks. And the first couple weeks of January before the semifinal. With my my speech. I think that you should just go for it. Like like Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, really? Flamethrower. Wow. You earned it. TJ, you 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 bid your time. Normally, you're
1: you're the um, better angel of this (laughs) show and broadcast Uh and team. No offense. I should have said that in, uh, the off way, the top. By the way, none taken.
2: Got it. You're the better angel. <laughs> I what wouldn't say better. I'd say maybe more you're, of a no, you're, reasonable. You're, you're the better angel. Okay. Well, fine. You are. Okay.
1: And you're, you know, from nearby State College is your team. Yes. And you're from Western Pennsylvania. And the East Coast. And the East Coast-ish. <laughs> yeah, ish. Adjacent. What do you think?
2: Do you I think I should
1: put the, <laughs> take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit tomorrow no. night, Or just really, just like, because normally you just say one thing for every 10, 15 minutes and, you know, a grand total maybe two, three mentions. Right, of I, course. I, I'm talking about a little bit more. I get like it. Booing, like booing and hissing may
2: happen. You know, the thing is, what do you think? watching you work that room and that crowd, that yes. I told Chris the first time I went, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever tell him this in person, but it is It is amazing. To watch you dig in your bag when you're working <sighs> that crowd. It Thank really you. is. So I'll give you props for that. Thank I'm you. I'm all for saying with your chest. Remember, I was the one who pretty much brought that vernacular to the show, saying yes. with your chest. The only thing I'm worried about is your well being. I told you, <laughs> we could have the Samoan SWAT team set. I could have Tadal get you set up because well, I Charles Wilson's in the room. Charles will be in the room. who will be in the room. I'm not, and, not and the only one for internet. Like Chris said, you taught trash when you didn't win. and And, and this right. is no disrespect. Who knows? You might go another eight year drought. You don't oh. know. So you better get all of it in now, is what I'm saying. Pile it on you now because know, you though. never know. You never you know. You might not get this chance again. So you better use everything. I should act like I've been there before. But no, nah, not in this particular technically, case. Technically, I have you been you there really before. Haven't. I mean, you but I mean, do you I mean, remember? I no, I don't. See, there you go. So I would, yeah. I'd I'll i be it, honest. I I do not. Unload the clip, as they say. Oh, baby. I'm coming to I also really? think
0: a lot of the people there who attend this function just about every year, they're expecting something from you. Yeah. Okay, but
1: I don't know if they're expecting the uh, volume. You're coming with it. Not the loudness, but I'm talking about the amount. That's on them. (laughs) I only wish we could be able to see it. (laughs) Kirk Ferentz of Iowa football and Theo Rossi up next.
0: Well, we'll just have to tune in on NFL Network tomorrow night and
2: watch. Uh, I don't (laughs) think it's live. Oh, wait, really? I don't know. We're going to have to have somebody live stream it. Oh, man. I don't know. They might not want that live, Chris. He well, might can be you working go blue live? Like, can you
0: FaceTime me and TJ right before you're about yeah. to go on? And just
2: that could. I don't know. It
1: depends on how the reception is in the uh, in the Civic Center. Set your phone up and just I record
2: yourself. And then oh, post you it do? later.
0: Like, hey, guys, I'm going live on Instagram here. Yeah, and, uh, I'm on live on Instagram
2: <laughs> here. Hey, everybody.
0: Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dot the I on
1: Instagram yeah, with hey, a 40-burger. There, there you
0: go.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Hassan Haskins has just scored again. All right, let's move on. I mean, it's just going to, It's that's I just, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. looking you to know? the negative. Hassan Haskins just hit his head on the goal post again. We're going to check in on his condition. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just giving a few, I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: uh, I'm crowd-spersing. Work- Do, Do we have shopping? a contingent? No. Just in case something of happens and you don't make it back. Oh, I'll know my escape route. I'm just saying, like if we got to go a week because you're healing up for from something. Here's what I might do. (laughs) Here's what I might do. I might
1: beforehand take out insurance. Find Jonathan Ogden. Oh, okay. Stand behind him. Make sure he occupies Orlando Pace. You're going to have to get enough. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I I need some form of. Normally, Pace is the protector, but I think Orlando might be the one to come on the stage if he's there to physically lift me off it and remove me from the podium. Like, that's what I'm planning on tomorrow night. Like, I would take that moment. But I have to ask Ogden. And the reason why I'll ask Ogden is just, you know, out of, um, I guess, friendship, but also out of also yeah. asking him Go for, for support Yes, as, as, as a, a fellow, fellow Big Tenor.
2: tenor. <laughs> As a fellow member of the Big Ten. Make sure Hutchinson is close. (laughs) You knew where I was going. Am I telegraphing my stuff so badly?
0: I mean, mean, you know what it is, bitch. It's like when you're teammates with someone for so long, it's like, you know, you don't even need it. It's just like, you know, second nature, sixth sense type of stuff. As a fellow Big Tenner, Jonathan, you know.
1: Munoz. Hey, Anthony. Munoz, yeah. We're not Big Ten. Mishpuka? I'll have to explain to Anthony what that means. I don't think
2: he does. Okay. Like I said, make sure Hutchinson's close. You know Hutch? You, that's right. He'll definitely, definitely have guy. your back, for sure. He's
1: got the interior. Yeah. I'll take Ogden on the, on, on the end. You'll never get touched. Oh, can't wait for tomorrow night. <laughs>